The following episode is brought to you by Poison City Brewing, proud makers of Durban Poison Cannabis Lager, the beer that invites you to live your poison. cool man so the reason why i didn't start off so good was because since cyril spoke like i so in october i started emailing people i'm seeing like okay we we can be covid compliant and and stuff um you know at venues and i was like okay maybe i should do like gigs just to like start paying off my student debt and buying textbooks and shit you know just just the normal stuff to get a bit of money because i don't charge that much and then since cyril spoke I've lost about all my January gigs and the February one's going to get cancelled. I knew this was coming. I can imagine like how frustrating that must be, dude. Like everything was planned out and then off. It's, it's quite hectic, dude. Would you say like, has, has this sort of been the gist of lockdown for you? Like even when it began like last year, was it sort of like a similar mm-hmm. vibe throughout? Like just negativity? No, because this, this time I can prepare for it. Last year, I had about, because I'm a small artist and my concept of my project is very weird. So like a lot of, a lot of last year's bookings that started in Feb, I, out of nowhere, I played one club show. And from this one club show, a lot of venue bookers and they weren't in the audience. I don't know how they got a hold of me, but um, they started booking me and it was all in the Somerset West area in Cape Town and the Strand and the Bloberg area, where I didn't normally play. I played like two shows there, but anyways, um, and it all got cancelled like in one day. You know, they, there's nothing that can prepare you to lose all your work in one day, you know, because musicians aren't like a job where you sign up and you have all these contractual benefits. If you're a small band, you have like a mediocre contract, and yeah, we had deposits and stuff, but a lot of these places now, the stipulation in my contract that says if government intervenes, I don't have to give back my deposit. A lot of people scratched that out, even before this whole thing, because people were seeing we're going to get corona, people seeing it. So I had to like give the deposits back and I was losing a lot of money, dude. I don't even want to count how much it was. Oh, dude. This is yeah. hectic. And like, we actually spoke about something similar to what you're experiencing in our episode with um, fame.org.za where, you know, um, Christian was just telling us that a lot of artists have come across a similar problem and basically um, a, a whole way to, to work around that is, is the artists who sort of had agreement with government or whatever and if it was going to be a government gig, then they would have been able to get compensation. But they just made it so damn difficult for artists to get back any kind of money once an agreement the, the was government. made. Or the government's uh, cultural fund. I don't know if you guys actually went and looked at, at it. Now, I'm, I'm a student. I'm going to take it. I'm not a full-time musician. But somebody that went into debt was, was uh, Arno Carstens um, from Springbok Nude Girls. He had a whole thing yeah. on his Facebook about it. Where most of his bookings from 2020 were between friends. So they don't really, like he doesn't pull out his contract that, that his lawyer and his wife set up who manages him. They, they just go like, oh, it's a door deal. We don't need a contract. Because I didn't even throw my contract around when it's, when it's a door deal, you know. Because you can't really predict what the amount you're going to get. All of those things you can't predict. If you don't have a contract, you can't submit your stuff to government and say, hey, please help me. And if you had and you submitted it, you were like getting like two or three K a month. Who can live off of that? Mm. Mm. Yo, dude, it's 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 quite hectic, it's so dude. It's actually, yeah, it's mm. quite a deep, it's a deep topic, dude. I mean, but just the fact that you're actually aware and that you're wary of this whole contractual thing, I think is a, is a step in the right yeah. direction. You know, what sort of made well, you the, the... decide on that? Yeah, what what made you decide to sort of include, you know, contracts when it comes to your gigs and stuff? Because you'll find that a lot of artists, this is something that a lot of artists overlook, a lot of bands overlook that, you know. So what is it about you that made you, about that, that whole contractual sort of agreement type thing that made you sort of get onto that? Uh, that that's an easy one. I got, so I was in bands since I was about 15. Now, technically, it was playing in friends' garages or like going to the music school. I was at Jamrock Music Academy. There was on Saturdays this thing called Band Academy. 
And a lot of these acts that you jam with are, are session musicians in the industry. And I had this thing like, okay, these are pros around me. Uh, and some of them weren't really pros, um, but I, I consider them pros. And everything that they would tell you, if you, if you ask them about how do I get a gig, everybody, the first thing is they make sure you have a contract. And now in December, when I got, which I'm not actually allowed to go like in deeply, but when I got scammed out of a lot of money, that contract became very heavily because let's say you get booked for something and all of a sudden you want to, let's not say slander, but you want to go to the media with this, to, with this person and say like, oh, screw you. Like you screwed me out of money. Now I'm going to screw your name. Um, and you go factual. The only thing the media is going to ask you, did you have a contract and was it in play? And that's another thing how that works. Dude, it took me like two or three months to understand it. It's, it's yeah. hectic. But it was mostly about the side, if somebody screws me over and I need to go to the media, I, I am in the right and not in the wrong and get laughed at. That's cool though. Like I think you, out of a lot of the artists that we spoke to, you are probably one of the first to have been this sort of vocal about, you know, understanding your rights as a musician, and that's that's really really dope. Like it's you, you have a good understanding of like it, and you. you you've also got a a really good mindset of learning and figuring it out, and mm. that that's that's Thank invaluable. You. That helps a hell of a lot. Yeah, dude. Um, I I think a lot of time when I play with musicians, even the the session exit, so how how can I find suburbs to bring you up? Uh, everybody that's listening on on topic because that we're not speaking like in circles people think like how does this guy's project work so how can it funny suburbs works is that um, i'm the only active member i write record produce mix master all the stuff um and i'm the only one that can call the shots the rest of the oaks are session musos and if they want to say they are part of the project they can but they they're not active they're not none of them are active so Yuan has helped me on recordings. That plays drums for me. Jonah has played me on ba- has helped me on bass recordings. Um, there's a song, hopefully releasing in 2021 somewhere, if we can get the drums recorded. Um, and those are like the only roles to have where we then share an agreement that we share royalties that are very small. Or if there was a record deal, we share splits of whatever. So that's how that works, where I get session users in. So... Um, the weird part is also that um, when I even when we were even in a very uncomfortable situation, and I was going through all the legal stuff that I had with legal advisors helping me in the situation where we were, um, that we all like they didn't know a thing that I was saying, or if they did, they didn't fully understand me, and I had to explain it a different way to them. Or if I go back to other musicians who have contracts, they don't know how that thing works. They don't understand that the person signing and setting up that thing is a legal representative. If they, if they get screwed, they're so silent about it where they, they're not like me. Like if somebody would, were to ask me about what's going on now in that situation, I'll just throw all the info out there and hope nobody ever works with that person again. Where a lot of musicians don't understand that and we need to be more vocal about that. That's the only way this industry is going to work. Yeah, dude. And, and obviously, you know, we obviously understand that you, you are very thorough when it comes to, um, you know, the, the, the contracts and all that. And that is something that, you know, I feel like a lot of artists could actually benef- uh, benefit from even people who are listeners who are wanting to get into music. I think you're setting a very great example. And I mean, for anyone who's even hopped into this, oh, thank obviously, you. yeah, I did. Like, obviously we were talking with Marcel earlier about how we, we don't really do intros anymore, but we are talking to Cornet Opperman. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, he's, he's just basically telling us uh, more about himself and obviously about, um, about, about the actual band now, you know, Kenneth Fundy Suburbs. Tell us a bit more about that. How did, how did the name come about? I have no idea how the name came came to me. It's just like a friend and I was talking while I was still in high school. I matriculated in 2019. Um, and while we were at school one day, busy writing matric exams, I was like, damn, I'm so tired of being in all these shitty bands and it's going nowhere and nobody wants to gig or anything or want to write songs. I just want to be Nirvana or want to be Metallica. If somebody can get like a really cool name, and do something really cool, like a Against Me vibe, where it was actually Laura Jane Grace's idea, and then she added these people, 
uh, these persons and these people to the project or where it's like a city and colors thing. And then just this name came to me because I am from the suburbs. So, and I was a kid that time. So it was more like that, but there's no real meaning to the name. It's just a name. It's still a cool name, though. Like, it doesn't detract from it. Like, uh, the, the story is oh, still you. cool. Like, I, I still think it's pretty cool. And just the, the, the concept of how you, you, you've done it, I, I, I can respect that because, like, mm. I, I understand that struggle. I was lucky enough that my, my first proper band that I was a part of was a group of dedicated musicians. But I saw so many talented musicians just get so demotivated because they couldn't find like-minded artists. And what you did is you just took it and ran with it. You were just like, cool. Well, if no one else is going to do it, I'm a fucking do it. And I could respect that greatly. Yeah. Or, or the worst part is like, we have a lot of musicians in Cape Town, especially I live in Brackenfell. Um, and we have a lot of musicians in the, in the area that like from the age of seven, 16, 17, they want to be in bands. And then when you lay down, like what's it going to take to be in a band? They just, they just get lost. They, they just know where to be found. And I was just like, getting so tired of this because it's the same the same recipe every time and every time the pot boils over and nothing happens and i'm left there to clean it all up and then i have these songs written and i can't do anything about it so i was like okay let's let i go and i decide what i want and i put it out there because i was solo for a long time i think from 20 in 2017 till middle 2018 i was still performing under my own name Cornet, and it didn't really work out for me because people weren't remembering my name for some reason but now the weird thing with kind suburbs is people are remembering the name but not they're not remembering the name my instagram handle is banned funny suburbs and they're remembering the instagram handle instead of the name so they're like oh banned funny suburbs I'm like no it's kind of funny suburbs and yeah, so it's it's confusing, but but it helps now. Now people remember something that connects with my music, so that helps. You know, one of the one of the things um, that that intrigued me about what you what you're doing is the EP that you released in 2019. Yo, mm-hmm. I, I'm gonna attempt. I'm gonna attempt to pronounce this. My Afrikaans is terrible. I think it was on perfectness. Ek. Fuck, I obliterated that. Yes. Um, That's tell us a bit more yeah like tell us tell us a bit more about that man you know what was sort of you know your your, your state of mind when when that came together um yeah um i was in the most absolute terrible mental state mental health state ever um because i just what everything that happened in 2018 was such a bad year for me 2018 2020 got nothing on 2018 man i lost like myself so much i can handle 2020 versus 2018 and all these things were happening together where a lot of my friends who i fought with my friends started underage drinking um the previous year and then this year because i was i was never doing it i have no problem with people who do it i have a problem with people exclude people who don't do it because i have values and you ignore my values anyways like um i was getting kicked out of groups left out and I had to deal with all that. I was like 17 turning 18. I have no idea how to deal with that. I was writing these songs and I just, I got, I was in this very toxic relationship that went very south very quickly um, and ended very weirdly. And I had to like pick up the pieces and I still, I, I still kind of pick up the pieces. And then I released kind of the first chapter of Unperfect Nes Ek Die Begin. Um, it's called Die Begin because there's, because Unperfectness Ek is the full album, hopefully releasing end of 2021. Big hopefully. We're still figuring with the lockdowns out how to, how to record drums and where and when. That's that's going to come about later. Don't worry about it now. But I released in November of 2019. I released my the first chapter, which was called Thanks for the Memories, which did enormously well, like in one day. And I didn't do a lot of marketing. I launched one Facebook ad. And I just shared it into like two or three music groups. And from there around, people were sharing and saying, yes, this, this song's good. This song's doing great. It got radio play, which, which, which surprised me because it's a really sad song. And um, it was out there. And like, I think the song's on 2,500 streams uh, more than a year later. Um, and that's how it came about. And people started DMing. It was like, uh, maybe can you release more? I was like, I only have like four other songs written. Um, and they're like, but, 
write more, write one more, release it as an EP, and then uh, write the rest and release it later. And that's that's what I did in 2020. I just uh, recorded, mixed, and mastered the acoustics because I had the acoustics in December or December of 2019 or Jan of 2020. I'm not sh- I'm not sure. They were done. The, the writing was done, but the recording took place middle Jan. And I remember sending it to my friend Tian, who listens to like all the mixes and masters in his car for me and points out all the mistakes. Um, and I think that was in Feb. And then all of a sudden I knew, okay, I started Kinder Funny Suburbs in March of 2019. So yeah, and then I released it in March and it was a weird process because it's a, such a personal EP. There's so much of myself out there and it's basically like all the terrible sides of, of one year on there. We'll be right back. But you still loading them and heating them up with all your single shit you've been dropping. You feel me? Loading them up on. It, it only takes structure. And, and, you know, just paying attention to the climate of the game. Yeah. Know what I mean? So do do your homies uh got a role in your in your little you mean? Yeah, yeah, we all we all artists over here, man. I'm trying Yeah, I'm trying I'm trying to get them on there. Yeah. Look, 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 look. We all artists, man. We go you feel me? We going to have this like Bro, me and my man, like me and my man Kyle, we be like, I don't know, we play, we play with this <laughs> shit. Right with this I got lie, we play with this shit right now for for. Oh, I got Don't play with it. Take that shit serious. Yeah, you know when you, I actually like the fact that you mentioned the relationship because that's it's sort of making sense to me now. What thanks for the memories was about. You mm. mentioned Jolene in that track, um, so Jolene must there. have been the. the... <laughs> okay, okay, I see. So then it must be a representation of the person that you were with. More, more or less, it was more like at, because at, yeah, it, it was at that point, but also. Um, a, a big idea that drove that song's lyrics was the idea, because I was a bit, let's say, a, a bit drunk when when the idea came to me. While partying, the idea came to me. I just in like 18, the previous month, and that month I got invited to a party, started drinking, and this, this one friend goes to me, why don't you write a song about, you know, like all the all the memories you build up with a person or persons, and all of a sudden those, those people leave your life yeah. or they die or whatever, but you're left with those memories and you have to deal with it. And that's how it boosted it. And I took a personal experience and boosted the idea. So now, so now just, just to sort of paint a complete picture for, for someone who maybe hasn't listened to that song, um, you know, like when you speak of, you know, the, the, the way that you, you talk about, you know, when you mentioned Jolene, and you know thanks for the memories and and all that there you know does that have something to do like is there elements of the relationship as well in there or is this just strictly just a song that wasn't really inspired by that but more by the idea that someone actually came to you with them like yo write something like this someone suddenly leaving you and all that are there elements of the person that you were in a relationship with prior to writing that at all yes definitely um and you know, dude, it was so weird for me because when I wrote that song and I thought to myself, oh, I'm, I'm like now done with this. Like I've experienced everything. While recording that song, I just remember like feeling, you know, that feeling when you vomit out of hate for something yeah. that happened to you and wasn't your fault. Um, even though this was entirely my fault, but um, still, um, still like it was really, it was really weird to me to have experienced that because I like had to had to record that and it's done live and I just went and I remember recording it with my eyes shut and not messing it up and then all of a sudden I just like started crying I was like whoa this is something new and that's where I knew like okay because there were elements in it of what happened but not everything because I didn't want my whole life in a song Um, but definitely there, there are elements of what happened but they also uh, fixa- fix, yeah, fixations of, of what could have happened in there, um, you know, because I remember I started writing that song in December of 2018 and only finishing, finishing it in April of 2019. And 
then recording it in June of 2019. And I remember I only had a verse and a bridge. There was no that second verse um, that, that, was, that kind of makes a song that people connect with because I still had to like figure that out. And a big part of that second verse is, is a fixation and is not real. There are some elements that's real, but I think the first three or four lines are fixation. They're not real. Mm. Sure. That is beautiful, man. We're very well said. Yeah, that's, that's a wonderful story, like just in terms of how it relates to everything. And it's, it's honestly like such a, a cool thing. For you, how did music impact you? As You said you started it at a very early age. You said you've been in a band since 15. So I'm assuming music impacted your life greatly when you discovered it and when you got involved with it. Tell us a bit more about that, how you, how you got involved into music and how it became such an important aspect of your life and a creative release. Oh man, that, that's so weird. So when every, when, whenever somebody asked me when that I start with music, it wasn't actually, 50, I got involved in bands in 15, you're correct there. But I started my first instrument, which I still hate to this day to try and play is a keyboard or piano. Um, and there was this person or this woman handing out flyers at my school. And I was in grade one uh, at seven years of age, I think. And like, now, sorry, I was six. I was six. I was in grade R. And she came to give these flyers. And I, I took a flyer and I went to my mom like, oh, I need to learn how to play this. I need Because like, I, I always liked music from a young age. Like whenever the radio played, I would sing along and bop my head or whatever. And I just need to play an instrument because uh, my one friend was a guitar player from very young. And he would show me like the one or two times I'm over there, Wacky can do very basic songs, but it intrigued me to want to do an instrument. And instead of saying like, hey, mom, I want to do the guitar, I went, what the flyer said, hey, I want to do keyboard. And my mom went out and bought me a very expensive, like five, six thousand rand keyboard um, at the time, which I'm not precisely sure if we could have afforded it, afforded it or not, but she went out of her way and got me this instrument and I played it. We still have it because my older brother later took it up and played it. And that was my first experience of music at six years age, uh, playing commercial music that was on the radio and learning that. And then later I stopped because I hated what I was doing. And still this thing came up to me like, I really want to play the guitar because my friend Rousseau, uh, he's my best friend since primary school, like he can play the guitar and I really need to play the guitar because it looks so cool. The things like his uncle did with those blues licks and stuff and those blues finger picking styles and stuff that he showed me uh, when I was like eight or nine years old, left me in awe like, oh, I need to play the guitar. And I kept asking my parents, hey, can you buy me a guitar? Can you buy me a guitar? And they kept saying no because lessons were expensive that time. And eventually I saved up my own money to get a guitar. And then the guitar kind of like activated my want to sing and create. And then later on, I started getting into Fokov uh, Polisikar and Nirvana. Hearing what, hearing what Hunter's lyrics do and what Kurt Cobain's riffs, simplistic riffs can do. And, you know, that kind of vibe. And me, doing, me hearing that at like 13, 14, I was like, I need to start writing music. And I started writing whatever ideas I had. Just get all the shit out of me and write some good ones in between all the shit. And that's how it started as a release. And then... I think about three or four years ago, it became like a creative release where ever I had something happen in my life, I just like kind of put it down in words in my way, in a poetic way. And I just write it out and it would be me and it would be like me hitting the wall in, instead of like hitting someone. I won't ever hit someone, but you, you get the figure, the figure of speech. Mm. What would you say your, your experience is like being a musician in Cape Town, dude? <laughs> I want to laugh because yo, I've been through a lot of shit, dude. In these past <laughs> two years, two, three, yeah, two years, yeah. Uh, it's not, it's not been the greatest. When you, when you know that that thing that everybody says, yeah, you're, you're gonna experience the worst. I, I was like, no, I'm not, because my first ever gig went really well. I, I played alongside Matt Costens a gig. Uh, he played off, he played before me, and I played off to him, and I had about like. 10, 15 people in the crowd. That was fine enough for a dude that didn't have a fan base. And later it started growing, growing. I, I'm, I've met a lot of great people along the way, but I've met a lot of shitty people. Like what happened in December to me, like still haunts me as a manager. And then 
then I have these previous occurrences where I play on a door deal when I shouldn't have and I make like two or three hundred rand. I was like, yeah, no, is this going to be my life? Being a student and then playing like two or three hundred rand. And I can't drive at night. So my dad usually drives me around. Um, I can drive during the day. I just don't have really good eyes in the evening. And I kind of feel like really bad because he always drives me around and I, I appreciate what he does. But at some point, I think I'd, I'd like to like make enough money to like pay his petrol back or his diesel back, sorry. And so for in this time, you know, like you're, you hear all this shit and especially in this lockdown, you saw a lot of the shit coming forward where all these people that usually bullshit musicians were the first people to fall. Yeah, dude. And you know, the reason why I asked that question is because I'm very much interested in what's happening sort of in the Cape Town music scene. You, you, well, where, where we are in Durban, you, you barely hear anything about it. Like the last time when we had the, the metal roundtable, um, we obviously had Dane, who's got some experience uh, out in mm. Cape Town with, um, what is it, Dream Demon and what? And Megalodon and another uh, one. Yeah. Yeah. And, and with 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 that you know we were talking about the venues and all that and you know just to sort of paint a clearer picture for us you know we are out in Durban you know what would you say the best venues you've played at are uh, out there in Cape Town you can even give us like the top three that you played at and sort of why did you enjoy playing there so I would say the best was Aunt Class because the vibe um that was the one I played in November, day after my birthday. That was really good. Um, I would like to say, if we take all the negative shit that happened at Anchor Vikings in Mossel Bay now in December, the sound was good. The, the 50 people we had in the audience was really good. Um, and that was a band gig. That was really good for me. There was a lack of vibe. Um, and then the third one, I would say... I would like to say the STFD, the Sit the Folk Down with, with uh, John Chabon that, that organized that at, uh, what's the place called? Um, it was called St uh, Striped Horse on Kloof. It's, it's, uh, it's a public house on Kloof now, but when it was still the Striped, the still striped Horse on Kloof, I played there like twice or three or four times actually before. So I, I really like that. Those are the three. Nice. Yeah, sit the fuck down and do some really really cool stuff like it's 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 really dope what they're doing yeah they they are and they, they're very helpful because they're all musicians you know they they're both playing bands and but they took a knock in this lockdown and we haven't really heard of them back um i think i spoke to john last in uh august when we did a collab for his like or no in no that first round of lockdown that 21 days he did a 21 days, a song every day. And um, I was featured on song number 17 or 18, I think. It's called a Fight Song or something like that. And I, I did backing vocals for him. And that, I think that's the last time we spoke. That's, that is a while back. Yeah, I've, I've been really busy, dude. Like, oh, I've, I've been actually not been really active in the scene. Like, I've been around a lot of the users around me but not really been that active as i was in the scene anymore um because yeah the lockdown took a lot away from away from me and i need to like find my bearings again and i'm also so busy with the job i do like i'm in disinfection so um so you I, are con basically busy constantly busy at this point <laughs> we actually had a week off now i think it was a week I, I lost count of the days, but I, I think it was a week. But we, we've been busy since like the beginning of December doing people's houses and businesses. But we, we've done so many emergency calls that in one day we had like eight or nine calls to go do. Like we did disinfectant fogging, like my dad and I and our neighbor. And dude, it's, it's hectic what people say with this COVID story. Like they get COVID, then they're not healed. Like they're not clean of the COVID head, then they want you to come disinfect the house. And sometimes that makes me really uncomfortable, but when, then we just get them out of the house and we just play it safe. Yeah, dude, just on, on that point there, um, we obviously almost at the, at the uh, cap when it comes to the zoom limit. Um, I think what we can do um, to sort of it's give people bad. a, uh, I think let's just uh, play a little bit of uh, thanks for the memories for the people to get a yeah. taste of your music. Please enjoy. It is thanks for the memories. We'll come back now. Now.
Damn good reminder. Thank you for that. Have you done Have you done a podcast where you forgot to click record? I've done a podcast where I've hit record and it recorded nothing. Oh, that, I've which, done that as well. Which is which I think is a bit worse because like you, when you think everything is good and then you get round to editing and there's nothing. Which in Naz's yeah, case, then- Naz got round to editing and he was like, "Dude, you can only hear you in this, no one else." <laughs> I was like, "Shit." Yeah, I I had a college presentation over Zoom. And then my lecture recorded my stuff. So it was like, so you do this one-on-one, the presentation of your business idea for entrepreneurship. And then all of a sudden I get an email back like, Hey, in your recording, I can only hear bits and pieces of you. And I was like, Oh, okay. But I still get mocked about this. It's like, yes, it's like, okay, cool. So I don't have to redo it because it was the worst ever thing. I, I didn't like doing one-on-ones too much. No, Luis, you can never, Never trust technology, hey? You can never trust I that. hate technology. <laughs> Shit's finicky. <laughs> it is. It's, is my audio better? I unplugged and plugged my audio interface back in. It sometimes does do that. But my fan's also on, so I'm not sure if it could be the fan or I, I don't I don't be, think it was a I don't think it was fan. a fan thing. No, I don't think it was a, a You think so, no? It sounded a really it sounded you know, like because you know how have you ever had like the fan on and then you speak into the fan and it sounds very uh, but the fan, the, it's a ceiling fan. Yeah, no, it, you like, could, it, shouldn't, shouldn't it do, if it was doing that, man, it's like fever, brother. Like, good guy. Like, but I should record more like that. Yeah, just fucking set up the mic underneath the, the, the ceiling fan and get. How do you get that special effect on your voice? Well, I guess you'll never know. Like, it's, it's, it's called DI, it's, it's a DIY auto tune, basically. <laughs> Oh, basically, yeah. Uh, well, for every pop Afrikaans artist, yes, the next Unita Duplessis is going to be thanking us. <laughs> so, what I, um, what I want to ask you is, mm. who are some of your favorite local artists? Who do you look up to in the South African music scene? Like, I, I, would, I would love to know that. Uh, a lot would be Fokofplisikar and a lot of the local acts around me. Like, there's this cool dude called uh, Justin Oskin. He's really good. You can go check him out on Facebook. Um, and I really like what Alana Joy is doing. And a lot of the local artists like the Shabs and um, what's that other band? Um, I'm really bad. I got inspired by Van Kokertel and Karin Zoid a lot as well. But I'm more into like Blomwert and stuff like that. You know, I know the Oaks quite well. Um, I know myself from Blomwert really well, the guitar player. And um and yeah, that's about it. I think a lot of the other stuff were internationally stuff that that a lot of the underground emo stuff of America like inspires me. That's dope, man! Shout out to to Marcel from Blue Muerte. The guy's a brilliant guitarist. Oh, he's great. Yeah, and he's such a genuine dude as well. Like he's just such a nice guy, like all around. Just from my interactions with him. Yeah, he's very nice. Like, I have his number. Like, I'll send him stuff. Like, I, I currently got, bought my, my friend's PS4 over, and I put, I put like, something on Facebook. Hey, I want, I want to know something about it. And he responded, and he's like, just watch it. WhatsApp me a gamer tag. So I think we're going to be gaming, like, later. Yeah, dude, that's, that's dope. Um, Naz, I was actually speaking about um, Marcel and Blomwood to um, Michelle earlier. When we, yeah, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> It's also a, a, a band that I would like to speak to. Really, really cool guys all around. I'll, I'll put you in contact with them. I'll send Marcel a, a 
Oh, oh, I, 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 my, my, Marcel's featured in one of my my YouTube videos. He's actually he's done a video. Okay. With me. So we, yeah, dude, like we, I, I am on relative speaking terms with the man, but I appreciate the offer. Yeah, both yeah, but he's, guys, he's really cool. Sorry, both of again? you guys are both of you guys are legends for for knowing Marcel. You, you guys are both on speaking <laughs> terms with him, and oh, it's nice. cool. We get it, guys. We get it. Aren't <laughs> <Auntie>. you? <laughs> <laughs> no, this is feeling left I, out, I, I yeah. literally Facebook messaged him like just Facebook message him for his number. Like I want I saw they went studio last year, but just him and, and Tian. This is gonna be so weird. He's gonna listen to like, oh you're speaking about me, but I'll prep him before anyways. They went studio and I was like, I couldn't wait till this okay that song dropped. And I got like a demo of it, but a very short demo. I was like, dude, can you maybe like pop me the full song? He's like, yeah, but it's not mixed and mastered. mastered. I don't care. I was like, I don't care. Please send it. And he sent it to me. He's like, don't send it around. I didn't send it around. And I was just like, oh, this is the best song ever. And it's doing so much better than like we were talking on the of the phone, like how good we want can a South African rock song do? Like none of my music really does that well, except for thanks for the memories that that got that good organic vibe. And and theirs is like that exact same, except theirs have got a lot more streams than mine. But when we spoke about we spoke about um, the organic growth in rock music, where a commercial song can drop like like this, and and it can be there and it can get five thousand plays for like just being Afrikaans and having that doof 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 type of thing in the song, where our stuff has chords and structures and it doesn't do that well. Like I think it my EP has done really well um, for the little amount of marketing I've done. It has about like three and a half thousand streams, which I'm very thankful for. But I feel like for the amount of marketing I did in the time, I wanted it to be more. And I wanted more radios to pick it up. I wanted more coverage on it. And it didn't. But if it was a commercial, I wondered if I released a commercial EP, how good it will do from the instance it releases till six months later. I guess we will see. I guess we will see at the end of 2021, man, when you when yeah. you your release. Um, obviously, what are the plans in terms of, you know, the rest of 2021 and beyond as well? You know, you did mention that um, the EP, the uh, Begin, was the beginning. And uh, you're mm. looking at probably dropping the, the proper projects at the end of this year. So besides that, you know, what are the plans on your side? What can, you, what can the fans of Cornet uh, expect from you? Uh, well, we are launching a, a merch item, but it's not really merch that you can wear or something. It's something you can drink. It's coffee. It's called Coffee Funny Suburbs, which I'm doing with a... Um, we are still in the planning phase, but uh, we are doing... We're about 80% done. So I got a supplier that's going to do everything for me. Local guy, nice guy I name. His wife was my fourth grade and fifth grade arts and culture teacher. So that's really cool. I found that out the other day like after meeting him um and we i'm gonna boost that to get some passive income to like maybe check if we can like book studios and just get drums done and then record mix and master the album and maybe play some internet based shows maybe i'm not a big fan of it and then just enjoying the rest of the year i'm not going to plan it out too much i planned too much of 2020 and that was a chaos spree so my main focuses are are the of the coffee, uh, the album, and then just just doing some fan-based stuff to get more fans. I think what we need to try and do is we need to try and organize a sample like of a crowd and people clapping on time. Yay! Because you are literally <laughs> the first artist we've ever had on the show that's got like, that literally has transitioned from like being a musician and is doing like a, a beverage, a coffee. Like the, the last people I saw doing that was Fuck Off Policica with, with their mm, beer. The beer. So it's like, yeah. So with, with what you're doing, like this is the first time ever. So It, it was well supposed to be you. wine. Thank you, by the way. It was supposed to be wine. But then I like the first rumors that came out was in October that there's going to be another alcohol band somewhere. And I like said like, oh, before New Year's is going to be an alcohol ban. And I kept predicting it. Every time between all my friends on our groups, there's going to be something. And they didn't believe me. And they didn't want to believe me because they like their alcohol too much, um, which is problematic. But anyways, we get past that. Um, and then this happened. I was like, thank God I didn't do the wine brand I wanted to do. And rather went for the coffee. They can't ever ban coffee. Even if they try, don't to. Don't, don't speak too loudly. <laughs> <laughs> Touchwood. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, before before we, we we get all your details and before we close out, what what tell us a bit mm-hmm. tell us a bit about your, your your coffee, dude. What makes it different from from any other coffee that we can get from the shops? Okay, so it's locally brewed. That's the first thing. Where it's this it's this one entrepreneur that's actually his own restaurants and stuff. So you're buying from a dude that this is his living. By supporting me, you're actually supporting him. This is what he does. He does white label coffee brands. So he helps people get their brands and he roasts and he plucks the stickers and he does all the basic admin shit that you actually must do, but he does it for you because he's just nice and he puts it in his price, but still he's just nice. Um, Then also you can do a subscription with me where you pay, let's, I think the amount I settled on was 130 Rand. um, And then you get two packets of 250 grams coffee. So you get half a kilogram uh, once a month. And then you're stocked for the month at 130 Rand and it's a subscription and I come deliver it for you if you're in the area or I Aramex or uh, Postnet it for you wherever and you sign up for that and you can end the subscription subscription whenever you want. But that's going to be the, the basis is getting returning customers and then having people get good quality coffee because I've been seeing too many people drink re-coffee in this pandemic <laughs> and ain't nobody got time for that. So it's going to be... It's going to be good filter coffee, which we're starting off with. And, um, you know, it's got, it's got a nice taste to it, you know. And by supporting me, as I said, you're supporting a, another dude who depends off this. I don't depend on this this much, but the other dude does. And he really goes out of his way. He tastes it. And, it's, and he gave me a sample of it. It's really good. And I was like, well, okay, maybe I should go very judgy into this and it blew my mind away. And I didn't even drink coffee that much. So I'm more of a tea guy. And if a tea guy can be impressed by coffee, anybody can be impressed by coffee. So you're, you're going to want to have this brand in your house for the rest of your life. That was impressive. I think we should work on like a collaboration. I don't know what you think, Marcel, where people must support us to support you to support the co- the guy that makes the actual coffee. Yeah, dude, know, I'm sure we could, I'm like sure we could work something out. Yeah. I'm sure we could dis- discuss <laughs> and make nice. some Yeah, I'm sure we could discuss and maybe we we have a like I, I guess um, predominantly our following would be based in Durban as that's where we are, are physically based and it that's might just funny. help help spread some word, man. Maybe we can come to some kind of agreement and then just, you know, yeah, just arrangements see what we can do to help out there. Yeah, I'll, I'll check I'll check if I can send you some uh, I'm not sure how to, I'm still learning everything. That's why it says I met a dude in November um, and it was supposed to launch in December, but there were added regulations to shipping that came now, which I must go read. So I've got a massive to-do list because I've been like working my ass off in this infection and I haven't got time to like read stuff. I've been playing too much on my new PlayStation. So I'll blame the PlayStation on this one. I'm just kidding. I've been too lazy to read um, in the evenings. And I still need to read up about it because I heard some of the stuff is banned now again in level three, but I need to go read up and how to do this, that I don't deliver broken coffee packets to you guys and that it is quality. And then I'll update you guys on it. I'm thinking of launching it middle Jan to beginning of February, as soon as I've read up on everything, but it's most likely middle Jan that to like the 20th around there. I sick, dude. Yeah, that sounds very interesting. We'll work. We'll work out the logistics and everything um, behind oh, the scenes. Mentioned, you know, before before we. I know I said before we close out before <laughs> I said this, but now, but now you mentioned uh, PlayStation there, dude. Marcel is a big Apex player. Are you a big Apex oh, guy? I was. I was about to I say just... I'm, addict, I'm addicted to that currently. I, I I agree with that. That 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 time consumption. <laughs> <laughs> now I haven't. Apex is on is on the download list. So one of my friends who I used to gym with and I still had a gym membership, he recently bought a PS5 and all his PS4 games were digital. And to sync it back up, he had to log into another PS4. And yesterday he came and logged into mine. So I downloaded some of the games, including Days Gone. So I want to clock Days Gone first. And I, I borrowed Spider, the Spider-Man game, which I'm almost done with, um, two or three days ago from a friend. And I just want to clock that and work also a bit in the evenings. But I want to I want to clock first and then load Apex. But that is first in the download list because Warzone got completed, so I can draw with Marcel from Blomwerd, um sometime next week. And 
then just have all that. And I still need to like download one game for my, for my little brother. But so far, I, I am getting around to Apex. It's good. Oh, dude, I've, I've wasted so much time, man. I just, it's, a, it's a lot of fun. It's, it's pretty tense. And it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Like, but but I'll send I'll send you an email if I do join up because you must have a gamer you need a gamer tag if I'm if I'm correct. Yeah yeah if we if we if we're gonna jam together, you must just drop a gamer tag. Well, you can even just pop it to me on Facebook, man. That's that's cool. I mean, you have me on Facebook. That's how yeah, this, I'll whole, do that. this whole thing came about. So yeah, I'll I'll, I'll do that. No, All right, well, sick. It's, it's it's really nice, you know, seeing gamers come together. This is really sweet, man. My my heart is yeah, <laughs> it's jumping up and down right now tears of joy guys thank you so much for this corne thank you for joining us man this was really awesome really nice thank about you guys you. having a very well structured chat yeah like I, I really enjoyed myself marcy thank you as well for hosting this and doing the whole recording thing before we close out corne let us know where people can get in touch with you on social media and if they want to book you this is the time Okay, so I am on a bit of a hiatus for the moment. So I'm not playing shows again until we reach comfortably reach level one. I'm not putting people in arm again like I did in the previous time. I'm accepting responsibility for for the shows we did. We did do it in a very safe manner, but still I felt very uncomfortable doing it. So we're waiting for level one, which will probably be in April. But if they want to like book something for April, uh, which is my working date um, in my head, which I hope it's sooner, but let's say April, you can email me at bandfunnysuburbs at gmail.com. Funny is B-A-N-N-I-E. So bandfunnysuburbs at gmail.com. You can go on Facebook and Instagram at bandfunnysuburbs. Funny is also V-A-N-N-I-E. And yeah, that's about it. If I don't reach you out in, on email, um, I sometimes don't see it because it goes in a different folder. Um, and then I just need to go look for it. Just pop me uh, a DM or um, something on Messenger and I'll help you from there. Or people can just pop me. I don't know if I should give my number on you. Is that safe? <laughs> man, if you you can risk it, man. We don't know. You know, like generally the people that listen to the show are really cool. So okay, let's, it let's go depends for on how it. comfortable you are. I am. So it's, uh, it's 071602. Double eight six eight. You can call me or WhatsApp is the best because sometimes I'm out on a job and then I will like decline your call, but I'll send you a WhatsApp straight after that. But best is if you send me a WhatsApp first and say, "Hey, coordinates, this and this. I want to book you for this and this." I'm very comfortable doing backyard gigs, basement gigs, bar gigs, club gigs if we're allowed again. Whatever type of vibe, just give me a thorough description so that I can quote you properly. And we can get talking right off the bat and do it the right way and not confuse each other. Oh, that's sick. That is awesome. Uh, thank you so much for all that info, man. To anyone who's listening, please do get in touch with Cornet. Uh, Marcel, what's happening with you um, online and everything? This is your time. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube as Marcel Smuts, as well as Instagram as Thorns of Sludge. I just also want to put out there that the Sludge YouTube channel is live and we are doing some pretty cool things there with our newest member, Keldon. And it's going to be some really dope content. Please go check it out. Please check out my channel, Shameless Plug Aside, and Sipe. Hey, that is awesome. And I am everyone. Sweet, bro. It was really awesome having you on, Corne. Thank you for joining us. Um, we, we are obviously going to have to close out with one of your songs. Um, before we close out, please, if you're listening to this, um, do uh, check out all our merch and everything that we're pretty much selling on our casual sex store. Just click the link in bio or the link in the description and basically just click on the casual sex store. And obviously, on social media, on Facebook and Instagram, we are at Sludge, Oath, uh, sorry, at Sludge Underground. And then on Twitter, at Sludge 031. And then basically, if you want to tune into the episode, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud, we are Sludge Underground Podcast across all those platforms. Um, and as for myself, it's at Zwani031. Corne, which track of yours are we closing out with tonight? Do you have Onerous 2019 there? That's the newest one. We can pretty much buy it if it's, if it's on like iTunes or something, dude. And then just I think I sent it, it to you as a, as a web. Okay, sick, dude. Then we'll just we'll use we'll use yeah, that. Yep, there. yep, you did. I can confirm. And you've sent us a couple of okay, nice cool. images as well. That's dope. Nice. 
Sick, bro. So we're gonna be we're gonna be we're gonna be closing out um, with that one there, and then please please just like pronounce it for me again, man. My Afrikaans is terrible, man. It's terrible. The, uh, <laughs> the, the EP is Unperfectness Ekti Begin, and the song we're playing is not from the EP, but is joining the full album. Uh, it's called Onrest 2019. It's about a wild time in Onrest in December of 2019. Hope you guys enjoy. Thanks, guys, for having me. It's been a pleasure. Ik heb gevraagd wat jij dan 